A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Who's been in here? Only you, mate. Right. Sound like Vicky when she gets in the car. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what she says straight away? Who's been in this seat? Who's been in my seat? Someone's moved it. Who have you had in here? What's her name? Why is there a hair here? And it's yours. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, you can't say it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> when, when we had lunch with that friend on Sunday's kid, she's four went. Why have you got no hair? Because <laughs> I spent the afternoon with you. You should have ran away. Um, okay. Oh, I'm going to try and um, drive the I 5 up on Sunday. Wish me luck. Well, good luck, mate. No yeah. chance. Yeah. You have Sh- to stop and charge. Should be fine. 230 miles, door to door, and uh, range is supposedly over 300. When I did it in the AMG, the EQS, totally fine. I got there, I got further, I went further than Alexander's, and I got there with 28 or 30% battery still remaining. Went and did a supercharger afterwards and had the misery of driving home. So I should make it there. It's just whether Andrew's got a Good charging when you get when I get there. <laughs> Give you a free pump plug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> well, I'm coming up in the M3, so that's a lovely comparison. Oh, there we go. Oh, don't be eating. Stop eating, mate. You can't eat whilst we're recording. I've turned into Paul Wallace. I've eaten fruit. Uh, no, but you can't be munching during a recording, mate. Oh, I'll Stop you after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put them away because it looks a bit crap. You've got food littered everywhere. Well, you've got coffee there. That's not. That's your coffee. Oh, it's finished. Oh, well, put it away, mate. Throw it away. Put that down there. Put that down there. Put that, put down that around there. the back. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass, your weekly automotive podcast hosted by two rather uninformed enthusiasts. No, 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 no. I'm Sam from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. And you can watch us each week. We hope you enjoy the episode. I feel like we've got two big cars to discuss this week. Well, one of them is... Naturally, just really big, physically large, <laughs> physically big. Actually, the other one's very small. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like two, they just feel very important for the automotive industry. Yeah, really. Well, let's get into it <laughs> uh, because this week we kind of want to kick things off by discussing the Tesla Cybertruck. Yeah, or maybe just the Cybertruck huh? because we're going to get into. Well, the fact that that car's got no Tesla branding on it, did you know that? I didn't know, no. And the Gordon Murray T50, because first reviews of both cars are now out. Yeah. Two of the most talked about automobiles of the last uh, 12, 18, 24 months. Are they? Yeah, I think so. I think so, at least in our world. Like, Cybertruck, the minute it launched, headlines everywhere, people going like, what the hell is this? That kind of like famous clip of... Elon, you know, bashing the bulletproof glass with the sledgehammer and smashing it. <laughs> um, uh, and then also the Gordon Murray T50 kind of being heralded as, 
you know, this last great thing, the, the next F1. Anyway, so I just feel like both those cars have, a lot has been spoken about them before they've actually ever really been produced. Isn't it amazing that two of the most talked about cars in our world, as in our small little automotive world, if you ask the general public what either of them cars were, they go, I don't know what you're talking about. I disagree, you know. Well, I, I don't. think Gordon Murray T50, 100%, are like, my sister has no idea what that is. Yeah, she's the general public. Tesla Cybertruck? I disagree. Really? I think it got... I think, firstly, everyone's heard of Tesla, right? Like, yeah. nowadays, that is a home-known brand, yeah. Tesla. Yeah. And the Cybertruck got so much crazy attention on the launch because of that fail with Elon trying to smash the glass, or not smash the glass and smashing it. And I think it got posted everywhere that, okay, fine, my sister might not know what a Cybertruck is, but if I showed her a picture, she'd probably go, oh, yeah, I saw that. She's not. If I showed her a picture of a T50, she's going to go, what? <laughs> but if I showed her a picture of a Cybertruck, she's going to go, oh, I saw that on TikTok, actually. Do you think? Yeah, because right. yeah, it was a TikTok social media viral thing. Right. Which I think placed it in front of Quite people. Quite a lot of people aren't on social media. What about just the normal human Who? being? Who is not on social media? Well, there's, there's a lot of people. There's a Who? big... Our, well, not even my generation. So my generation up, which is quite a lot of the country, mate, aren't on social media. They couldn't give a... My mum's on Instagram. My dad's on Instagram. But I bet they don't scroll like you and Paul Wallace. No, but they're on it. But they're not suggested cyber trucks. I, I disagree. <laughs> Shall we ask not, my mum right now? Shall I send her a photo saying, do you know what this is? Yeah. <laughs> she goes, I've never seen anything so ridiculous in my life. <laughs> anyway, which one... We, oh, hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. Oh, this, no, it's, this it's your mum. This could be my i5. <laughs> yeah. Hi, mate. Perfect. Thank you so much. Really appreciate all the help. Cheers, buddy. Thank you. Oh, that is the delivery of my i5 M60. Drive it down, did they? Uh, they delivered it on a truck. Oh, 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 oh. No, but to be oh, fair, they, <laughs> what did they, they delivered the F-Pace SVR on a truck as well. Right. So, you know. But okay. You're, you're, <laughs> you love that because you're like, ah, they couldn't have driven it because they would have run out of battery. Buy but... an electric, but we're going to tow it everywhere with a combustion car. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to get home now. That's quite, oh, I've got, I'm a bit buzzy. It now. is a mega car to be fair. Very cool car. And yeah. it's, you know what? That's the, one of the biggest perks of my job is a, a press car delivery day. Do you want an exclusive as well? What? And I've literally just, I've just decided. If I was to actually go out and buy an electric car today, it'd be that car. Oh, wow. Genuinely. That, that is exclusive. Because I think even the... the, I don't think you need the big, powerful one. I think you could have the the smaller, powered one. It's got a bit more range, I right? Agree. Oh, okay, fine. I mean, I don't know yet. I haven't... Uh, uh, you know, it's just... It's sitting there waiting for me to go and find yeah. out, but... Well, we've both driven that car. Mm -hmm. and we both liked it. Mm -hmm. And when... But I, I genuinely think it's as good as a Taycan Turbo. I think it's better. I just said it. There you go. And less money. You've barely. Well, and, and in terms of new versus used, I mean, it's because it is better. I mean, oh, you're thinking of the Taycan Turbo S. You're thinking, of yeah, it's 150 yeah, grand. Yeah, yeah fair, fair, fair. You wouldn't have want to buy 150 grand, oh, about 50 grand now. Literally. Yeah. There are Taycans around for. You know about the battery problems with them, don't you? Let's not get into this. Okay, so <laughs> let's, go, let's go back to our big, our big two cars. Where do you want to start? Tesla or Gordon Murray? Well, I don't. <laughs> I don't really know what to do, really. I don't, I come mean, on, come like on. Saying, do you no. want your left or your right arm cut off? Pick one. Um, 
let's go Gordon Murray. Oh, because... great. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, if you are new to this podcast or maybe you've been dri- dropping in and out. Um, how dare you? We haven't been overly positive about the T50. No. You know, we have uh, found opportunities to be a little bit rude and mean about it. And, yeah. And also, I guess, disregard it, haven't we? We've kind of just gone like, ugh, the T50. Which is surprising from you because on the face of it, on paper, that is perfect for you, that car. A manual V12 lightweight parlor poo. You have just summed up exactly <laughs> why I have been a bit iffy about this car. Right, wow. Because, okay, look, let's let's pull the cover back. Let's reveal all. Okay. I've ordered, no. No. The reason I have personally been a bit perturbed by that kind of bit, just like dismissive and like whatever, is exactly because of what you just said. Okay. Essentially, that car was unveiled as a load of numbers on a piece of paper. And it felt like, it felt like the automotive world on social media, people around me just went, best car ever made. I agree. And look, you're right. On paper, the recipe is fantastic. I disagree. But, uh, <laughs> sure. Okay. But, uh, it, it was fantastic to a certain person. Yeah. You know, but this was from uh, an automotive company who hadn't really made anything for a very long time. Uh-huh. Uh, from, of course, an icon and a legend within the automotive world, but again, who hadn't really made anything for a very long time. And at the time it was announced, it was all just stats and, and things on a piece of paper. There yeah. was, and I just wanted us all to just wait for a second. Calm down. Calm down. Yep. And wait until we got what we have now got, which is a Top Gear-like review, which is, you know, which is being released. I believe they're the only journalist in the world to drive it. I think some customers have at least experienced it or driven it out on track. Um, but we've got this one stunning video on, on topgear.com. Very well put together, yeah. Unbelievably well put yeah, together. Yeah. Now the Top Gear main show's been axed. You they can see all, all the budget's <laughs> going to be online, which I'm very happy about. Yeah. If you're getting productions like that, then we're good. But that's why I personally, and maybe it was a bit childish of me, and I know a lot of you got really upset that we were so dismissive about the T50. And, but I just was like, come on, guys. Like, anyone, anyone in the world could have said, and I think I made this point before, I'm going to be building a seven litre V12 that revs to 19,000 RPM, which has 1500 horsepower manual gearbox and looks like a Zonda. And everyone's going to go, oh my God, it's going to be the best car in the world. But I might like, I might might change your mind. Well, I might never actually deliver it or I might change it before it actually turns up. The ethos might differ. The cost might change the, and product might be crap. Like, so <laughs> that's why I was being a bit childish about it. But look, now we have a point of reference. Now we can actually discuss in detail what has been said and what has been delivered. And the final, actually, was it the final? No, because it wasn't even a final production car, actually. It was a. They a, drove the final prototype. Correct. So there were still, I guess, some things to be figured out. We didn't get, I don't feel like we got too much insight into livability like they spoke about a few things the key the key is massive and pretty mm. ugly i thought that was weird yeah very light though apparently but Which still good i i have been told it's because the gordon why the gordon murray or the gordon murray team dislike losing keys in pockets right. that kind of thing like oh where's my key so they went for a really big key now 
that's like one person's problem. <laughs> like solving one person's problems for everyone. Yeah. Like I think the key was too big, yeah, okay. even though it's supposed to be light. So, I and I still don't love the way it looks. I'm going to come out and say that. I, I really don't love that. I think it's very uninventive looks yeah. wise. It's not a shape that you're necessarily going to, your jaw's not going to hit the floor. It's not going to be a shape that maybe, I don't know. I, I just well, don't that know. depends on who's looking at it, Of mate. course. You know, of I course. would agree with you, but some people out there will say it's the best looking car ever. Some other things which I picked up on, which again, until I've experienced the car, who knows, but the gear lever and control system, which is to the driver's right knee, mm. obviously leans into the right passenger footwell. Yeah. So that would be interesting to understand how comfortable that would be for the passenger. Which you've got to climb over to get in to drive. You've got to climb over to get... Well, I guess you can get in from the other side as well. So you can don't well, have to if hit you've got the a passenger on the other side, you've got to climb over them. Well, more. you wait for the passengers to get in. Uh, you wait for you to get in before the passengers get in. That's a three-seater car thing. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. There's a few things that I would have liked to have known about in terms of, yeah, like... Well, my van was three-seater. I didn't have to wait for the passengers to get in. I just no, no, but, you're, but this is annoying. This no, is, it's not. What you're talking about now... If you're going to have a central driving position, right. of course, you're going to have to um, make a compromise. compromise in terms of entry and exit. That, right. that, that is for sure. But, okay. you know, name me another three-seater supercar. Name me, name me another two and a half million pound car where you've got to make a compromise to get in. Oh, almost all of them. <laughs> not, not that Literally almost all of them. Not The not P1 <laughs> in Australia. I mean, I was bloody bumped my head 15 million times. Did you have to ask your passenger to get out to get in? No, but it's not a three-seater car. I couldn't have two passengers with me. Talking about value now. No, but no, no, no. This, I think, is silly because that is value. The fact that you can fit two mates with you, that is added value. I would pay for that let alone everything else. We have such a different time. No, no, no. Because like, because, because for me, you're sitting there. Mates. I go, got two mates. I've only got one. There you go. Well, you're sitting next to him. But, but <laughs> if you are going three, three up in a T50 or a McLaren F1 or a Speedtail or the Dromera. Um, no, so Speedtail F1 or, or T50, the driver gets in first, then your mates get in. Right, okay. And when you arrive somewhere, your mates get out first, then you get out. Like, simple, done. Okay. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, long uh, story short, mm. it's the engine seems to sound incredible. Mm. I, I wonder, because what was the red line? 12 or 14? 12. Mm. 12? Oh, well, God. It's definitely 12. It might Internet's be 14. Yeah. Alive now. Anyway. Anyway, it's around there. <laughs> Internet's not going to be happy about that. What? <laughs> Look, we forgot what the red line is. But I wonder, do you, like, you know our cars, GT3s, mm. it's all about that final 500 RPM, isn't it? I, it's not, not, not. I think it's all about the final 2,000 revs. Fine. But, okay. yeah. but you're, you're always chasing. You want to be up there. You're chasing it, yeah. And so I'd be interested to understand, like, is that the desire? Like, when you drive that car, do you always want to be up there? Because, first, I guess you have to be really fast to get up there. Mm. And secondly, does that mean that you just drive like a you know, hooligan? Like, are you just revving it out the whole time? Like, I, I would think so, looking at the video. And this is an opinion on what I've seen video, because I've not driven the car. I've not even seen one in the flesh. So... It's a it's a reserved opinion, a, a reserved a review of of what I've seen on on the internet. Don't no difference to anyone else. The thing that I picked up on it straight away was how many gears you have to shift down to actually get the thing to rev. And then at that point, how fast are you going? I mean, you're going over the speed limit at that point, which I guess is the problem for all hypercars. But yeah, that would be my concern: is that it would be you would just always be chasing that 
red line. You just that, you would want to be up there that, the whole time. That full red line, and and what you know is it? And I'm asking a question here. I'm not saying because I don't know. Is it that special at thirty mile an hour? Good question. Like like a like a Ferrari. Like we always always say, you're getting a Ferrari. It's and similar to a Lambo as well. Mm -hmm. It feels special at thirty mile an hour. Does that car give you that feeling, or is does it only give you that feeling when you're right up in the rev range and the engine's shaking and the chassis's doing that and you and you've got that piercing noise? But at that point, I mean, you're going way too fast. I would think for the road. I would guess the central driving position and manual gear lever would give you a sense of a point of difference mm. and an involvement. But yeah, it's an interesting question to ask. Like, I think, look, I'm not here trying to dig myself out of a hole and, and maybe some of you going like, oh, here they go, changing their minds. Now. I haven't changed my mind. Yeah, we'll come back to you in two <laughs> seconds. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's that thing where that's, you know, I just wanted to wait until this moment, until we had someone that we trusted and we thought was credible and which Oli Q massively is, that we could go, okay, what you know, what what are the initial impressions? Of course, I think he was probably, it would be a bit like me getting in a an Enzo or a LaFerrari or the 911 ST. Like, I think he went into it already loving it before he'd driven it. But I don't really care. Like, I trusted what he was telling me and I liked what he was telling me and it was interesting and insightful. Yeah, until any of us actually experience it, it's going to be hard to know truly what it is. But I, that, you know, as I say, that's that's what was going on for me. I have a, res I have a not a resolution. God, I'm struggling. Reservation. With no, uh, summary. But before we get there, go on then. So what were your thoughts? You have genuinely despised this car since it was created. You, had no, you weren't holding anything back. You just don't like the concept at no, all. I mean, that sort of car doesn't appeal to me anyway. So... Mm, I, I can't afford it, mm -hmm. firstly. So I dismiss it anyway in my head. And even if I could afford it, it would be the the last one I'd buy. Oh, I just probably wouldn't even buy it. Now, <clears throat> there's obviously a lot of hype around it was Gordon Murray designed and, and I get that and this man's a genius. And also I, I, I get that he he can perceived be perceived to be a genius. Mm -hmm. But in my view on how I overview a car is a genius is someone that makes a car for everyone, makes a performance car that suits everyone. This car is very, very specific to a certain person, essentially. And it's a lot of money. And I, and I understand because he's not making volumes also, he already had the template because it's largely not too dissimilar to the car that he designed 25, 30 years ago, being the McLaren F1. He just copied and pasted it and made it a bit more modern. And fair enough, if that was a concept that worked, but you all know how I feel about the McLaren F1. I think that's a pile of poo as well. So <laughs> I'm probably not the best person to ask from that respect. But there were some things that I took from... Ollie and I have nothing against Ollie or what he does and they have the journalists they have a very very hard job in the oh fact God, that no 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 no, no I'm not I'm not criticizing anyone and yeah, I'm not, okay. but I, I really in general don't listen to journalists in general I like to experience stuff for myself but I appreciate they have a very hard job and they have to but you know portray how they feel and how they see things 
straight from the start and they have to get a feeling very quickly, which is good. But there were some contradicting things in there. I thought, flipping hell. Like you mentioned Lotus. Like it's, uh, it's drives, you know, it feels like a Lotus. For two and a half million quid. <laughs> <laughs> What's a, what, what is one of the best driving cars ever? No, I think he said it's the best driving car ever and it feels like a Lotus. So <laughs> what you're trying to say to me is either a Lotus is the best driving car ever for 40,000 quid, which is a bargain then at that point, or this T50 thing is a flipping fortune for two and a half million quid. <laughs> I mean, I think you summed it up. This is a car that is aimed in completely the wrong direction for you. Like, uh, like, yeah, like, yeah. like, like the fact that, as you say, it's they're lost on me. making any comparison to a Lotus, which, you know, as you say, for you is red flag. You could have said Porsche. For me is green flag. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's not your kind of thing, but what were your, were there any positive, were there any surprises? Were there any, po- was there anything you went, oh, you know what? I didn't think it was going to do that or that actually is better than I thought it would be. Anything that kind of won you round slightly? Or that made you think, I wouldn't mind having a go in that, actually. Well, obviously, I wouldn't mind having a go in it. Whether I'd like it or not, two different things. I probably wouldn't. But um, there was a couple of other things I picked up on that in the real world, it's a bit flawed, as in you kind of lift. Mm -hmm. lift. And and I appreciate you demonstrated it went over a speed ump completely fine. So do most Ferraris, to be Mm -hmm. fair. They're... A lot of Ferraris, people do have lift, but you don't really need them. Apart from the fact when you go down a really steep hill or you live up a really steep incline, mm-hmm. as in then... Driveways. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You you do genuinely need lift. In- entrance and exits from petrol stations. Some yeah. of them are really, really ingraded um, inclines. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, that was a little bit of a flaw I I genuinely make do think that the 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 central driving zone, as cool as it might be, I do think it's a gimmick. I think uh, you know if it was that special, all cars would be central driving zone. I think it's a little bit of a, a for me it's a gimmick. In the real world, it doesn't work, but I understand why it would be okay in that car because it's only for a, a, a specific kind of person. And there's not going to be many of them around. And actually, does it really bother that person that, you know? I think it, I don't think it's about bothering. I think it's aiding. I think the central driving position experience in a honed car, McLaren F1, Speedtail, T50, I'm sure there'll be a few that we're not mentioning. There were some old cars that copied it. Enhances the on-road experience because you are in the center of the car. So you're positioning. Yeah. And so I don't think it's, Oh God! I've got to put up with this. Like it's not just so you can fit two passengers in. I, I I get that. I completely understand. And then the other argument would be, well, you know, it has a similar sensation to driving an F1 car because you're in the centre of an F1 car. Whereas, but every other car, really, you're either the left or the right of it. And really, does that really matter? But really, in the real world, understanding an F1 car, you sort of got to be in the middle of it. And then. <clears throat> Some other cars and they're really track focused. You'll be in, the, you'd be in the middle as well. But that's the last place you want to say that car on a track, by the way. Why? Well, actually, to 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 experience the performance, maybe you'd want to take it on a track. But to buy it for that reason, 
Well, there's a million other cars that are way better than that, that would be way better than that car on a track. Well, let's get into that for a second, because that's kind of where my summary goes to. I I think you could make that claim about a lot of these hypercars. Pagani, Huayra, for example. Terrible. Well, it actually surprised me a little bit when I went out on track at the Pirelli <laughs> experience. Uh, you went out with a proper ago. driver, didn't you? I went out with a proper driver. Uh, yeah. and, you know, all of these things... It, when you start to get into lap times and handling and balance, like they're all slightly flawed because they don't all do one thing better than the other. You know, some are built to be GT cars, some are built to be what you just said you wanted. Everyday usable cars, one a car for the everyman, you know, some are super track focused weapons. So like it really differs. And yeah. I don't I think that car is being positioned as a road car, the T fifty. I think it's being positioned as a road car. It's a sport it's a sports car as well. It's not it's, a GT car. Yeah. It's a sports car. To be driven on the roads like they did on yeah. Top Gear. Um, I'm sure to get all of those revs, you need to be on track. Um, and that would be a special experience. But yeah, I assume great European or, or, or great twisty mountain roads is where that car's going to be at its best, theoretically. But 2.8 million pounds, I think the price is here in the UK. Mm. Now, a lot of people are proclaiming it and a lot of the stuff that we were like, oh, guys, come on, you know, the last great analog car. Mm. This is the greatest car. No other car in the world. All of these things that people were proclaiming before a car had even been in the hands of anyone except people from the factory. Mm. This is the stuff that we were getting perturbed by. But also, even now, at that price point, and given, well, just that one review that we've seen, if you had, let's just say, two and a half million pounds, because let's face it, I think most people are going to be paying close to three by the time you've painted it and done all the nice bits. Um, let's say two and a half. I think there are some stonking other cars, nearly new, barely new, old, modern classics, classics, that will give you just as much of a thrill on a public road. I mean, yeah. you're going to hate me for saying this, but just the Carrera GT. Mm -hmm. I mean... It's not a wholly dissimilar experience. Okay, that car is now what? When, how do you, are, we, are we 20 years old for the Carrera GT? We must be approaching that. Mm, yeah, uh, oh. Uh, must be getting Is it, is it 03, 04? Oh, it's not 05, Carrera GT? Yeah, yeah. Something yeah, like that. So, 20 years old, yeah. Um, yeah, so we must be approaching 20 years for Carrera GT. But in terms of on-road experience, and I'm talking about public roads where you do have to watch your overall speed, you're never going to be able to get the maximum out of it you're going to get a pretty similar oral and visceral experience. Okay, mm. is the steering going to be as good? Probably not. It, the, they, the damping was very impressive. The suspension was very impressive. Though I'm sure that T50 behind the wheel is a very impressive thing. But for that money, if I was in that world, I think there would be a lot of other cars that I would look at just because, as I say, I don't love the way it looks. And as much of an icon as... Gordon Murray is, and as much as we must celebrate him as an engineer and as a designer, all these different things like that, Fair. I personally have more, um, what would I say, more allegiance to some more established brands. Mm. And I think a lot of his customers are people who are wanting, you know, the next thing, this is, this is the next, this car is going to be seen one day as the F1 has seen now, and as many other greats, you know, it's the next chapter. I want to be part of this next chapter. I want to be part of this. That's totally fair enough. I get it. But for me, I don't know what, uh, at two and a half million pounds, yeah, F40, Carrera GT, I don't know, a handful of other cars that I think I would get that same visceral out there experience. And yeah, not necessarily. And actually, do you know what? If we flip it on its head and play devil's advocate, <clears throat> have 
I underestimated him slightly, and maybe he is more genius than what I I think he is, in terms of as he looked at the market and gone, well, I can't build a a, a Bugatti Chiron rival mm. or an Aston rival. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back to my roots and I'm going to build a modern thirty year old car. Mm-hmm. And that and that's because I can't compete with them big mm-hmm. boys. I'm, I'm never going to sell the car. No one's going to buy it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to rev it up. I'm going to give all these stats on paper and I'm going to deliver it. But you're buying, basically what you're buying with that car is you're, you're buying a, a... Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash-switch. Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Roundabout season two, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops if we're stopping to get gas. You will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. A modern car that's really thirty years old. Yeah, it's like the ultimate resto mod. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, like, to three million quid. Yeah. No, but look. So, so there we have it. I say we're. I don't think Tony's changed his mind. No, I haven't changed my mind. But I will admit, I was being purposefully antagonistic about the car. Just winding them up until this point. Um, I don't think because of our. <laughs> Our early um, uh, comments that we're going to be getting T50 uh, drive experiences. Right. But you never know. There might be a customer out there who's willing to let us uh, have a little go or sit in a passenger be seat nice. or do something. Who knows? Well, we if- can both go. Oh, you, there we go. <laughs> and then you're going to have nothing to say about the three seats at that point. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, let's move on to the other big hitter. Uh, pun intended, the Cybertruck. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, this is not a car that usually enters into our realm. Although you are a you are a trucker, I am. Yeah, you like your trucks. Yeah, uh, yeah. You use them in the business quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is obviously an EV. It's a Tesla. Then it's not a company that we talk about all that much here on the podcast. Um, again, especially not in a positive light. But this is a weird, wacky looking thing. Yeah. And supposedly, it's finally now in production. I think a lot of people assumed it was never going to make production. We were never going to see it. It was a bit of a Elon Musk scam. But no, the cars are supposedly hitting the road now. We've seen a couple of early reviews from what, I'll be honest, what feels like friends of the brand, Mm -hmm. let's say. There haven't been too many real journalistic reviews as of yet. Mm. I watched the Marcus Brownlee video. Mm -hmm. I think you watched the CarWow video? Yeah, yeah. So there's a handful of things that stood out to me about the car uh, or the truck. Um, It does feel like it's got a few... uh, Flaws? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A couple of sort of Tesla... Yeah, predictable yeah. quality issues, yeah. which I get is around the stainless steel panels, and yeah. they, you know that's all very difficult. Yeah. 
Um, do you see it had the you know the world's longest window wipe or something? Yeah, yeah, that or, sounds like. I mean, disaster. the windscreen sounds like the most expensive thing you're ever going to yeah, buy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, the replacement of it, and there's a few things that you're like, oh, they've kind of thought about that a bit late in the day. Mm. You know, they've really focused on having the beer bottle opener on the tailgate and forgotten about the rear view camera. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I mean, the thing that dumb me is that why do you want a, a bulletproof? Unless you live in America, why do you want a bulletproof? truck i mean well this is the bit actually which i misunderstood until i watched the content of course the bulletproof part is the headline grabber it's dings and scratches and and car parks and bumping into things i mean you know that fundamentally <laughs> most people around the world bump their cars into things all the time but can can i tell you most people that own trucks and vans really don't give a toss fair fair but if it's a utilitary utility vehicle or just to be used I get it. Like, I don't think it's if the world's most important dent, thing. It's 50 quid to ping it out. Fine, yeah. but this won't get a dent. Well, good. Fair. You know, so, so I, I, you know. Yeah, okay, uh, sure. Well, whatever. Um, the <laughs> the other thing which I thought was shocking, though, with that stainless steel, because there's no door handles, the fingerprint thing, did, did they talk yeah, about that in car work? The, well. The car's going to get trapped. And what if a bird poos on it? Yeah. The staining, the yeah. fingerprints, that will be all a nightmare. Yeah. As will the big glass to clean. Um, but in general, I really like it. <laughs> Do you know why? Because <laughs> holy crap, is it futuristic? Well, yeah, I get it, but, but it's so uh, different, mate. Yeah. It's like they really have, okay, they didn't totally deliver on what they initially promised. Like it is a little bit different to that first concept, but yeah. fundamentally, it is very close to what they first promised. And it looks like nothing else. Yeah. It kind of goes like nothing else. Yeah. It is out there, and we were talking last week about the design of automobiles. Heck, there you go, delivered right in front of something that looks like nothing else, which, okay, I think it's going to be a DeLorean of the future. We're going to look back at it being like, lol. Mm. But good on them for having a good old go at stirring the pot. Yeah, but he, I mean, Elon, Elon Musk is one. He's very, very good at that, by the way. And secondly, he's a, he's a mass-produced Gordon Murray. I mean, he's literally fought outside the box because, again... If you're building a truck, a pickup truck, for the world, right, which is what what he's done, this will be mass-produced, this car, truck, whatever it is, you, there's no point in him trying to compete with Volkswagen or Ford or any of these big truck makers. And even if it's, even if it's aimed at the, the biggest truck markets in America and Australia, well, how many pickup trucks do we see there? Um, even if it's aimed at them... There's no point in just bringing another one that looks exactly the same as, them as, elect as an electric. So he's had to think outside the box and build this complete contraption, what I can see, and and try and mix it up a bit. Well, the thing is, because he does way more than the Gordon Murray, he does have direct roles. The F-150 Lightning from Ford, the Rivian truck, which we saw plenty of in LA. Oh, the Rivian, the yeah, I forgot about that. Chevy one had the, the remember we saw that, the LA yeah. Auto Show. That big. So I think he do definitely does have, in terms of, powertrain deliverables usability functionality he has some very direct rivals in more, america I, I was sorry i was thinking more the combustion rival yeah that's what i had in my head well yeah, yeah so I from an from an electric truck yeah. rival he's got some some big rivals out in out in the us that haven't quite made it over here yet but i think where he's been different is that classic tesla side of things trying mm. to think outside the box outside the box yeah. and into the future so you know let's and there's plenty of it that we could talk about on the Cybertruck, but 
we'll move on. The bit I really want to focus on, did you see that it has 48 volt batteries the, for the low wattage batteries? 48 volts, not 12 volts, 48. Oh, is it? Now, apparently this is something which has been talked about in the industry for like decades. Mm. Automotive manufacturers saying, oh yeah, we're going to upgrade 24 volts. Oh, actually we're going to go to 48 because supposedly with the increased battery size, you can have a lot less wires, a lot less cabling is needed. And it's just lighter infrastructure, full stop. So, you know, as our cars become more and more computer-based and more and more stuff requires, yeah, power, Mm. um, the thought would be to increase the size because then you can reduce, you know, keep the weight down, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But manufacturers seem to be loath to do it, supposedly from a safety and reliability point of view, supposedly. Um, By the way, do you mind just flicking that switch on the radiator? It's just suddenly got a bit cold again. Just, yeah. Bang, well done. Um, but Tesla would be like, F you, we're going for it. We're going to build our own and put it in place. Now, a lot of Musk and Tesla fans were saying, ha ha, classic Elon, just cracking on and doing it himself. He's not He's not going to sit around and wait for all these other manufacturers. But, but he's f- always done that. Though. A few industry heads have come out saying, well, there is a kind of reason. It's not just manufacturers' reliance on suppliers and slow moving chains and things like that, there is a genuine question about 48 volts and infrastructure and safety and mm. reliability. So it's either going to be one of his big moves, a bit like the supercharger network, yeah, yeah. that's going to transform the industry. And that's the bit of tech which is going to come out of the Cybertruck. Everyone's going to go, holy crap, we've got to catch up. We've got to get that now. Or it could be that car's slightly doomed. It could be the thing yeah. that causes a lot of issues there. Yeah. And did you get... Uh, range and price figures? Yeah, all a little bit less. Well, price was more and range was less yeah. than originally expected, but basically in line with the market. Yeah, in line with the market. Yeah, yeah. which I guess yeah. is to be expected. It's not really our kind of thing in Europe, is it? Big big electric trucks in this country, haven't we haven't really seen that too much yet. Um, I think around, around the world, probably maybe America, but yeah, uh, around the world, mate. We, we, you know, I haven't really seen it at all. Well, obviously, America lead the world in terms of truck culture, mm. um, but yeah. Australia would have something to say about that, by the way. Well, yeah, but definitely not the electric side of it. No, no, no. But the, com- the com- I mean, every other every other car was a pickup. Yep. Fair, fair. You're probably right. So anyway, interesting. Let us know your thoughts below. Now that the reviews are out on both, I'm sure most of you have been very excited about the T50 and is going to be saying, so, you know, we told you so, we told you so. But um, anyway, now we can all judge uh, the fact that they're actually out there uh, and being driven and we can hear people's thoughts. Anyway, um, you went shopping at the weekend. Oh, mate. I, <laughs> I did, yeah. Tell me everything. Well, uh, my girlfriend passed a driving test last week. She's 17. So... <laughs> She's 18. No. <laughs> no, she's not. But yeah, she she passed her driving test, had really any, no need to drive previously, and said, well, you, you better drive. So she's driving, passed the test. So I said, well, get your little car. I said, you, what, 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 you can have whatever you want. She said, well, I just want a little car. She don't do loads of miles. Sure. So what, 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 what do you want? I just want a really little little car, Fiesta. I have anything, little Kia. I have anything. I don't care. So uh, we went shopping. Where did you go? We went everywhere, mate. We went, <laughs> we went to Vauxhall, Ford, Peugeot, Kia. Oh, two hundred eight's nice. Uh, uh, well, I'm going to come back to that. Okay. Um, where else did we go? We went to Nissan. We went to Skoda. 
ticked we went, all the boxes. We went everywhere. I'm guessing you didn't look at any electric cars. Well, that's where you're wrong. Oh, ah, hello. So, so I, 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 I didn't enjoy myself, let's be honest. I, uh, I, it was like a busman's holiday for me, and I don't really like... I'm actually the easiest person to sell cars to in the world. Really? Yeah, I literally, mate, I, I don't surrender. Did any of the dealers see you coming? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, go, we, oh, didn't, we didn't no. buy anything. But, but obviously, I've got a couple of cheaper little hatchbacks in stock. So I've got a little Audi A1 in stock, a 18-month-old car. And I've just took in part exchange, a little Hyundai i30 thing so i let her drive them as well she said yeah i like them i preferred the audi but um the the hyundai was much more loaded for less money so anyway, we, we we had a, another jaunt round she really liked the corsa the little corsa okay so obviously as i'm sure you know the the the, the car markets are gone back round the other way now and all these manufacturers are doing deals on new cars now, you know, 0% deposit, £200 a month. And five grand off. Five grand off and yeah. all that jazz. So Vauxhall... Saw that on some M3 Tourings, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not five grand, it's more like 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 yeah of <laughs> <laughs> um, but the... So we went and saw the Corsa uh, on a, you know, get it on a lease deal, 6,000 miles a year, blah, 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 blah. Um, and they're all much for much. They're all a little bit of deposit or no deposit or whatever. It's so hard, mate, trying to buy, even for me. I mean, I can just go and buy anything I like, obviously, in the trade. But I wanted her to sit down and have a feel around. And so she had a familiarization of what she liked. She really liked the little Corsa. Okay. Um, and and she really liked the Peugeot. Yeah. The little 208. Yeah, electric or the combustion? So uh, we looked at both. Okay. As in... Such a cool little car. Yeah. And she said that that was the prettiest car and and that that is what she mm -hmm. steered towards. So then we started looking at figures and stuff because I just thought, well, we'll just, we'll just get you a new These one. These were for new cars. Brand new car. Okay. We'll just get you a new little car. I haven't got to worry. You keep ringing me up saying the car's broke down. It's, sure. You know, it's sure, 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 sure. Brand new car. Just put her in it and forget about it. When you start looking at figures and then leases and where they are, and the the 208 was like an, still an 11-week wait. 11-week wait, wait for, the, okay. for the car. Sure. So, but when I had started delving into the costs and whatnot, I thought, well, I'll just, you, I'll just get you a year old one. I'll just buy yeah. you a used one that's a, sure. that's a year old. Sure. Um, and then we competed to the electric car. So I said, well... Because she don't do any miles, she get she get a uh, an allowance from the council to park. Perfect. Because obviously she lived, she worked, she li she lives at home and she works near London, so she would drive in. If she had an electric car, you get an allowance, which would be like it's like a tenth of what you'd pay for a combustion car. It's tiny amount. Um, so we we looked at that, but then. When you still look at the price of electric car, like the the two hundred eight, is still nearly double the price of, really? of the For combustion car. A year old E two eight and a year old combustion engine. Car? No, so a brand new combustion car. Yeah, and a brand new EV. Oh yeah, fine. The fine. price difference is nearly double. It's not yeah. quite, but it's not far off. Sure. So when you consider you don't do loads of miles. 
the 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 cost is still too far out. It's, yeah, it's yeah. miles off. And then a lot of these, you have to be careful, guys, with these lease deals that these finance companies do because they're basic contract hire deals. Mm-hmm. So you can't, they're not PCP deals, they're contract hire. What they advertise on the radio most of the time, they're, you know, these highlighted, no, no deposit, £200 a month, they're contract hire deals. So you basically lease a car for three years and you give it back. You never own it, you're just renting it. Well, that's all right if your circumstances don't change and within a year you don't get bored of it and you want to come, you want to come, you can't come out. You pay the contract up, give, you know, there'll be a huge fees. Obviously, when you buy a normal PCP deal or uh, a used car, you, you're free to come in and out. It's, it's a lot more flexible. So when I was looked at the numbers and I, I really tried to look at it as a consumer, first of all, it's so confusing for the consumer. It's not confusing for me because I do it as a job. But like when you think like, I always use like your sister or my sister as a comparison. A, a normal punter that wants to go and buy a car, no wonder they all look for so long and try and do their research because it's not easy, mate. Because it's, of the amount of deals they're offering and what they're pitching or, or <sighs> what's confusing? It's not just the deals. It's, it's the information you have to consume. I get it, obviously, but my girlfriend was, the, the, the salesman's telling me all these things. She's looking at me thinking, what, what, what's he saying? What's yeah. you say? It's so much information to consume the difference between this and the difference between that. And you can have that level. You can have this. You can have this. You can do this. You can do that. And obviously I am completely <clears throat> eyes wide open to it all. But it's only when you actually go and do it for yourself as, an, as a consumer, as a punter, you think, flipping hell, this is actually not easy <laughs> to yeah. go and buy and it. Also, not that much fun. It's not that much fun because once you... Once you're two or three hours in and you've been to two or three different dealers and you've asked the same questions to different salesmen and some salesmen are nicer than others, obviously, you think, I just want to get a car now. Yeah. I just want to buy a car. Yeah, yeah. So come we, on now. So, yeah. So we come we come away from it all and I, I just said, I'll, I'll just buy you a year old one in the in yeah. the trade. I'll just buy you a year old car and you can just jump in that and we'll change it every year and, and, and be done with it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I just thought, I mean, there might even, it's not, it's not really a thing you can't scale it up, but I mean, there's a business idea in there for me as in the knowledge that I have, I could literally sell all my knowledge to the general public and help them buy cars. Well, but I don't think it's even that right because the, my, I'll take my mum as an example. You know, when she bought her last Evoke, went in, specced it up, loving life. Specking section went on a little bit long because uh-huh. they asked, oh, do you want this pack? And, oh, if you get this pack, you can't have that. And, oh, you want that? You can't do like... So she was a bit like, okay, I, I was excited at the first and then it went a bit long and I couldn't have that and that's going to delay things. Then she obviously had the long wait because she got caught up in the real disaster yeah, of delays. Yeah. But the bit that's killed her, and this happened the last two times she's collected cars, you go in... And you've got to not only sign a thousand bits of paperwork, you do, yeah. but then it's the upsell on collection. Yeah. Now, you know, I've got to just make sure that I've talked you through this, this and this. Can you yeah. decide, would you like tyre protection? Yeah. Would you like damper? Now this will get, what this will do. And at that point, can I not get the car? Yeah. No, we've got to give you the handover now. Yeah. We're now going to pull, this is the music. Yeah. 
And they goes, right, cool, can I drive away? No, hold on a sec. We're going to get Barry down. Barry's our handover executive. Yeah. He's going to come and share the infotainment. Voice. Isn't it the same as last one? Well, yeah, but no, it's a little bit. Di- yeah. You're there for two and a half. I just want the car. Yeah. Like, And I think, if anything, manufacturers have overcomplicated it by trying to simplify it. Like trying to add all these fandangos and especially in customer service and wow. And it's all about the experience, apparently. And offering every product they might want yeah. has just made it like, oh my God. And I understand why the likes of Polestar and Tesla have little shops in Westfield. Pop-ups, yeah. Where you can just pop in and go, I want mm. that car. Boom, 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 done. Right, it'll be with you in three months. Like, and see you and later. don't forget, your, your mum is half familiar with the She's car. She's the petrol in our family. That's what I'm saying. She so, loves the cars. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So imagine imagine someone that's really alien to buying cars or, because, mate, don't forget as well, there's quite a lot of people that never go and buy a brand new car mm-hmm, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. they might do once in their life and they never do it again. So you imagine them poor buggers that go in and they've always bought used ones and they've and got to a certain age and they've saved some money up and they, they can afford a brand new car. And, you know, the, the of what to choose, what spec to have. Because my girlfriend, was that's what she was saying to me. Well, what, what, what can I, what, what's this car got? Yeah. What can I have on this one? Has this got Apple CarPlay? Has this got cameras? And they've all got different spec levels, of which course. is fair. Yeah. But explaining it all and all the information and all the finance and then you've got the handover and all that. It's like... You think flipping hell? No wonder that. No wonder people literally lose the will to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there is something in a simplified experience, and I'm sure there are lots of websites and dealerships and obviously independents, 100 that were. Well, that's what that we do. Doing, yeah, that are doing that. But, yeah, yeah. but, and I'm sure some manufacturers are better than others. But yeah, every experience I've had at a at a main, you know, my sister, when she bought her mini, that was the same thing, you know, just, just headaches. And then yeah. the worst part is the customer service always seems to be so poor because you got these sales people who are desperately trying to, you know, do tickle their boxes. And I don't blame them at all, by the way, because obviously they're told. It's not their fault. It's not their fault no. in any shape or form. But then my sister goes, oh, can you put my private plate on? And they go, oh, so that's, you know, that's, it's very difficult. I've that. got to speak to admin. Yeah, I got to speak to admin, and mm. I think there's going to be a, there's going to be a charge. It's it's eight quid charge. Yeah, you won't just do. You won't just put my plate on. They don't for have to me. do it. That's they the don't problem. have to do it. Yeah. We can't cover that cost. I'm afraid margins yeah. are too tight. Like yeah. we've already done you a bit of a deal on this. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It, it it is in a world where everything's changing, and we keep hearing that the youth of today aren't that interested in owning cars, and there's the thoughts of car share and all this stuff. I don't know. It feels like that needs to somehow change ever so slightly yeah. or that needs to be but well it it has changed that the the independent market is not like that it's it, it, it's completely different which is another reason why it exists but but independents aren't selling new cars no yeah they don't That's sell new I mean. cars yeah the new yeah, yeah. car buying experience i think has to yeah. change up a bit but i'm way more interested to understand what was your favorite of all the little cars I mean, I, I no. Come on, come on. I, I didn't. Uh, I the Peugeot's didn't, nice, isn't it? Oh, Just the uh, steering wheel's too low and the dash is too high. The steering wheel's tiny yeah. on the Peugeot, but yeah. Peugeot's but Peugeot's firstly have always made pretty cars, same as Citroen. They mm-hmm. always make lovely little cars. They always have done. The Peugeot steering wheel of late last few years has always been tiny. We don't but, get many yeah. Peugeots in, but they're really, really small. Really small, and the dash sits really, really high. Yeah. So you feel like the steering wheel's in your crotch and the dash is at your eyebrow level yeah. yeah but what what i will say and what i 
can take away from the experience. And I've said this before because it always, because I'm a bit blase with high-end stuff because it's predominantly what I do. Normal cars are bloody brilliant now. Brilliant, mate. Like, like, ah. a, like a normal 10 or 15 grand hatchback. There's absolutely nothing wrong with one of them at all. You know what? I've I've thought about so much, and I maybe I've said it. Like, there's a huge part of me that just wants to have like a really nicely specced A1, just just, uh, just a normal I mean? car. Like, but that sounds awful to say because A1's a freaking lovely luxury car. Like, but even just like an up, like, like not even an up GTL. Like, I just want a like a because they're so good now. Little yeah. hatchbacks, yeah, and you know Europe. Europe uh, you know, we we we're hatchback kings. We are, yeah. And and it's I just I almost miss having a little run around, like a little tiny little hatchback. And as you say, their base level, even you know, I banged on about cash kai long enough. What about the new Prius? New Prius is amazing, yeah. mate. There's so many nice cars. It's nearly forty grand though, that car. Oh, yeah. That's so, a few quid, that's, that's the, the problem. That's the killer. But no, but there are there are lots of nice yeah. little cars. I twenty, we love the I twenty. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of that. So loads of used cars and, and they're gonna get cheaper by the way but there's mm-hmm. loads of used cars out there with a minute that normal family cars they're just such good value for money maybe we'll, maybe next week we can touch on some some current bargains some current current you know a used market pick sam and tony's it'll be well, let's do it as a christmas <laughs> Christmas here's special. Our, here's our christmas not christmas special because we've got that no. coming the week after oh. or two weeks away um but like our, what's it called? Christmas wish list. Yeah. They would do that. Right. So if you're looking to buy a car this Christmas for you or your partner. I'm just going to reel off all my stock. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good idea, to be fair. Yeah. I'll reel off half of it. You reel off the other half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen this really nice. Oh, it's someone called Gravel Wood. Oh, that's me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, incredible. Uh, well, look, we're almost ready to wrap things up. The only thing I wanted to touch on is, did you see that uh, JLR came out saying that they're going to, call back a lot of their products to upgrade the security systems. Oh, that's been going on for months, but yeah. Oh, has it? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, that's or been going on made it through months. to the media. We just got some, yeah. some news reports of that. So they're trying to tackle this insane crime that's happening, especially here in the UK, but I think globally for, for <laughs> at least, you know, Range Rover mm. products. You must have seen that viral clip of the Cullinan getting stolen as well. But everything's getting stolen, mate. The Cullinan clip's insane, though, because it's literally, it looks like two guys turn up, this car is parked on a driveway outside a house and they seem to have a big antenna. Mm. And obviously, I, I suppose someone's in the vehicle, I guess, with the laptop trying to like program the key. And there's a person outside with a big antenna walking around underneath the house trying to beam the coat, the car, the what's it called keyless car. What's it called? Yeah, the, the, the they're trying to. You know, the, you don't need to push a button. No. Keyless go. Yeah. The keyless go key inside the house. Yeah. They're transmitting the signal from that via the antenna to the laptop in the car. Room, car starts up, off they go. Yeah, insane. Yeah, it takes thirty seconds. Let's say they nickel the Range Rovers. There's another. There's another way they nick them now. They go through the boot. So there's there's a wire on the boot, the back of Range Rovers that you can short, and it owns the car. <laughs> really? Yep. That's wow. been going on for a while. But they're obviously Range Rover are trying to trying to sort all this out. But they constantly bring upgrades out. This not just happened now. This has been going on for years, mate. It's just got worse, essentially. But Range Rover are always upgrading their alarm systems. And the biggest problem now is that, obviously, these thieves have got clever and they know where the trackers and the alarms are. So they break into them, they just they just pull them out and take them. Yeah, yeah. I mean... So uh, it's a disaster. As clever as the anti-theft 
person is. There's a theft person who's as clever. So, well, the anti-theft bloke's always reacting to the theft bloke, isn't he? He's always behind. Sure, sure. Because yeah. he's always he's always trying to bring out better stuff for the thief not to crack. There we go. Um, so, well, let's let's wait and see. But you know, fingers crossed for JLR that turns things around because I think I want a Range Rover. I will. Uh, I will say, by the way, some Range Rovers now are looking unbelievable value. Yeah, well, that's why moment. I say it. Yeah. I saw a couple because I drive past, there's a, a Land Rover dealer that I go back and forth when I go to my parents and I go past them. I saw a couple of gems in there, big new Range mm. Rovers. Um, I'm not I'm not that obsessed with the new sport, I've got to say. No. But big new, and I was going, what? But also old shape, the old shape SVs and SVAs. Mm. <gasps> I had someone trying to park exchange one of them the other day. Oh my God, they are looking lovely Again, right now. Against my G-Wagon, I really didn't, want to tell him how much his car yeah, was yeah. worth. <laughs> but he, he literally cried when I told, yeah, I'm sure. told him. But Bloody hell. Well, anyway, as I said, next week, stay tuned for our, for our Christmas wish list or Christmas gift list or, or, or car shopping advice. Um, that'll be coming with you, uh, coming at you yeah, next week, Thursday, as per normal. Uh, if you haven't noticed the last few weeks, we've been releasing the audio-only version of these podcasts few days earlier than mm-hmm. the video version so yeah if you want to listen to us if you do listen to us uh, they tend to go out on a tuesday or wednesday now and then of course the video versions go out on a thursday so um wherever you're listening to us you can subscribe or follow so you don't miss out on any future episodes we've only got a couple more episodes to go before christmas and our christmas break uh, so make sure you're staying tuned so you don't miss out on those and if you want to follow tony in the meantime he's at tony gravelwood car sales uh, i'm at seen through glass on most social media platforms and you can follow this podcast at behind the glass underscore underscore podcast. We'll be back with you next week. Bye bye. See ya. Roundabout season two, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of. Real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. On Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.